Well, here we are again at the kitchen table. Thanks for joining me. Looking forward to this next few minutes together here at the kitchen table. This is Arctic Eric, and you're listening once again to Fika with Arctic Eric. And I said before, and I'll probably say again, not only thank you for joining me here at the kitchen table, but wherever you are, whatever you're doing, whatever time it is, may God bless you as we spend this time together chatting at the kitchen table. Recently, a picture came back to my mind, and it was actually the cover of a Bible that was printed in the early 1970s called The Way. And that translation the Living Bible, is so uh, important in my life because it was as I listened to the Living Bible, Mark and John, recorded on an audio cassette, that I came to know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I knew from that moment till this that God loves me. Tremendous. The way. I want to talk a little bit about the way today. I want to break it into two particular parts. One of the definitions or ways we can look at those words, the way, is that it encompasses, those words encompass the entire Christian Christian system, what it means to be a Christian, but especially the manner of salvation by Christ. So that we'll call part one. Part two is that the way or the word way, is also understood as a procedure or a process for obtaining an objective. Let's begin with the way, part one. Christ Jesus didn't come just to show us the way, nor has he come only to make the way, but to be the way for you and for me, because he is the way. We know in Hebrews chapter 10 that Jesus is the new and living way. Because of him, through the new birth, we have a boldness to enter the holiest by his blood, a new and living way. We know in John and in Ephesians that Jesus is the way to the Father. Jesus says, no one comes to the Father except through me. In Ephesians, we read that through him, Jesus, we have access by one spirit to the Father. So Jesus is the new and living way. Jesus is the only way to the Father. We also read in John 10 that Jesus is the way unto salvation. Jesus is the way into the holiest. Jesus is the way consecrated for us by a new and living way, which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh. And of course, Jesus being the only way in John fourteen six, Jesus says, no one comes to the Father except through me. So Jesus clearly is the new and living way. He's the way to the Father. He's the only way to the Father. He's the way into salvation. He's the way into the holy of holies. And he is the way consecrated for us. I now want to look at the second part of the way, 
the word way when Jesus declares that he is the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is this one we follow. It's his example that we're following, his teachings we're following, and in this we are observing what he does, and we're going to look at how he does it. This word way, the way, is also understood as a procedure or a process for obtaining an objective. Now let's look at this word way when Jesus declares he is the way. Metaphorically, it means way or a manner or a means. It's a way or a method of proceeding or doing or affecting something. This word also includes the idea it's a way of thinking, feeling, acting, a manner of life, and conduct. In this word way, we can also see it has some deeper and richer connotations. And I kind of want to keep that in mind now as we continue on part two regarding the way as a process for obtaining an objective, the way something is done as we follow Christ, seeing what he's done, and then by grace, through faith, in what's written in Scripture, we will be able to follow him and see him and discover how does he do things. What is his method? What is his means? What is his way? Because we're his disciples. That means those who follow him. And we want to follow him in the way. So here we go. We're going to start by looking in the Gospel of John. Jesus says that my father is always at his work to this very day, and I too am working. Verily I tell you, the Son of Man can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his Father doing, because whatever the Father does, the Son does also. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all he does. Yes, and he will show him even greater works than these, so that you'll be amazed. For just as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, even so the Son gives life to whom is he is pleased to give it to. Again, by myself I can do nothing. For the works that the Father has given me to finish, the very works that I'm doing, they testify that the Father has sent me. So Jesus is an obedient son. He does only that which he sees the Father doing, and he does likewise, and we're going to do likewise in the same way, the same method that he does. And the Father will, through Scripture, scripture reveal things to us. When we look at Jesus in Scripture, we see the will of the Father being done because he only did the will of the Father. And Christ, I can identify with this part, Christ declares of myself I can do nothing. 
Now, that means of eternal value because we can do a lot of things for God, but it's what God does and it's what God did in and through Christ that has that incredible eternal value. Christ is the eternal life. Going on here, there's a conversation where uh, Thomas says to, or Thomas says to Jesus, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? Jesus said again, I am the way, the method, the way things are to be done, the way things are to be accomplished. And Philip says, Lord, show us the Father and that'll be enough. Jesus said, don't you know me, Philip, even after I've been with you such a long time? Anyone who's seen me has seen the Father. Isn't that marvelous? When we see Christ, we see the Father. So he says, how can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I'm in the Father and the Father's in me? And same is true for us. Because of the Holy Spirit, the Father is in us and Christ is in us through the person of the Holy Spirit. And we are in God, Christ, the Holy Spirit. Jesus goes on to say, the words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me. And the Father, listen now, the Father living in me, he is doing his work. Oh my. Jesus declares, of myself, I can do nothing meaning he's not going to do things on his own initiative, but he's going to do things as the Father reveals what the Father wants to do. And likewise for us, as Scripture reveals to us what God wants to do, God will, in us, for us, and through us, do things the very same way, the same way, the same method. And what is that? The Father living in you is doing his work. The Father in us by the Holy Spirit is doing his work of continual transformation and sanctification, completing things unto the day of Jesus Christ. But let's go on here. Jesus says, listen, I'm telling you the truth. It's for your good that I go away. Unless I go away, the advocate the Comforter, the Teacher, the Helper will not come to you. But if I go, I'll send him to you. And that is for us today. It is good for us that Christ left, went to the cross, died, was buried and resurrected, and is now sitting at the right hand of the Father so that he could send the Helper, the person of the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, the Advocate, the Truth, the Teacher, into our very, very innermost being so that by his power, that resurrection power that lives in each of us, God could do his good will in us, for us, and through us. We simply spend time in Scripture, seeing what God has done and will do and wants to do today, and then capitulating, declaring, I'm not going to help you because the Helper lives on the inside of me to do God's good will. I admit today I can do nothing of eternal value 
through my own efforts, through my own soulish activity. But you, Father, on the inside of me, just like you were doing the work with Jesus and through Jesus, you will work through me today according to your word, Scripture. That's why it's so important that we be immersed in, washed in, renewed in our thinking by the Word of God. So when the Holy Spirit impresses us with something God wants to do, we say, yes, Jesus, yes, Holy Spirit, let your good will flow into and through me to those around me today. Jesus spoke to the disciples and said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. The Father sent Jesus to be an obedient vessel, endued with the Holy Spirit, baptized in the Holy Spirit. And we have the Holy Spirit, and God wants us to have the Holy Spirit continually in abundance. We read in Acts Chapter 1, verse 8, you, each of you, each of us who believe will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, and we will be Christ's witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. And I look at it this way. We will be witnesses right where we live, in our community, in our county, in our region, and then to the ends of the earth. Look at that. Three-fourths of this commission takes place near home, 75%. Incredible. Why did the Holy Spirit come? Let's look at Acts chapter 2. What's happening after this outpouring? We, those who are listening, hear them, those speaking, declaring the wonders of God in a language we can understand. God will help us to testify about the wonderful things he has done and is doing in your life in a language that the people around you can understand so that God is glorified in Christ in you for the great things Christ is doing, has done in you. And then we read, in the Lord's Prayer, as it's called, let your kingdom come, let your will be done in earth, just as it is in heaven. And you know, I, many times when I pray the Lord's Prayer, I just take a little pinch of my skin and say, yes, Lord, let your will be done in me, in this flesh, in this temple, in your temple, just as it is in heaven. And as I mentioned, Paul encourages us to be filled with the Spirit and led by the Spirit and empowered by the Spirit continually. If we try to do it in our own effort, our own strength, our own soulish energy, we're going to tire out, we're going to burn out, we're going to crash out. But the life and power are in the Spirit, the Spirit of God in us. So Jesus is that one that we follow. We follow him, his example, his teachings, observing what he does, and doing things the same way he did, by allowing the Father to do the work. He's in us. 
Will we allow him? Will we capitulate? Will we let go and let God have control? You know, we say God's in control. But is that a phrase or or is that something that is being expressed by God in you and through you because your will is that not your will be done, but that God's good, perfect, and acceptable will be done? Well, this has been a rather long chat here at the kitchen table today with Arctic Eric, but I say again, thanks for joining me, and I certainly look forward to the next time we meet. God bless you richly. Good day.